This is Cruise Control. Control. Your on-air automotive magazine with co-hosts Fred Staub and Les Jackson. Control. Everything you need to know about new and used cars. Control. Industry news. We'll fix or repair your car on the on air. The air. Fasten your seatbelts and let us take the wheel. Now, your ride is about to begin. Control. Because you're on Cruise Control. Cruise Control. Cruise Control. And welcome to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. We are really, really, really just excited to be on the air right now. The weather's beautiful. The van is actually running. <laughs> Fred, Fred Staub is over there in the passenger seat with a big stack of stories. Yep. Uh, I'm Les Jackson. I'm uh, attempting to keep the wheel going straight. Mm-hmm. Uh, fairly good. We're kind of in the middle of the dotted lanes here on the highway. <laughs> There's a lane? Uh, well, okay, maybe those weren't dots. Okay. <laughs> oh, somebody put chalk marks on our windshield. That's what that is. I see. Well, you've got a great story to start us with, Les, don't you? We do. We do. Car Wars. Not Star Wars. Car Wars. A new study says all these new crossovers may be hurting automakers' sales numbers. I'll bet they are because at last count, I've, uh, I've listed 94 crossover models. Well, that, uh, that number is going to go up, and we'll tell you about that. Uh, but all this negativity hasn't stopped Mercedes. They just released their GLB crossover this week. They like to call it the Mini G-Wagon. Hmm. I don't know. Might not have been a good idea. But anyway, Ford and VW are continuing to talk and work deals. Could this be the next big merger, Fred? I think possibly, yes. <laughs> but we'll talk about that. And VW adds two new safety features. We'll tell you what they are. That's right. And Explorer, speaking of Ford, Explorer recalls and Jeep wobble. <laughs> Wobbly. <laughs> yep. And this is kind of a cool story. Hot Wheels. Yes, Hot Wheels cars get a digital VIN code. We'll tell you what you can do with that. Yeah, I just had to get license plates for my Hot Wheels cars. <laughs> it's pretty expensive to <laughs> in, ensure that twin mill, you know, with two engines. It, it's tough. Then you also have an at-the-wheel review. Yep, of the Hyundai 2019 Kona ultimate all-wheel drive is the north american uh, north american crossover of the year how do i know that well there's a big sticker on the car believe it yes not. <laughs> hard not to notice <laughs> yeah hard, hard not to notice that um and uh, so we're gonna have that all that and a whole lot more when we get rolling on this edition of cruise control radio if you like more information on cruise control you can check us out at cruisecontrolradio.com. That is a clearinghouse for all our links. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, uh, check out the YouTube page, all that and more on cruisecontrolradio.com. When we come back, this new study will let you know how many, just how many brand new models, most of them crossovers, will be released in the next couple of years. You will be astounded. We'll be right back. Right in the fast lane. Right in the fast lane. 
Control. And welcome back to Cruise Control Radio, your on-air automotive magazine. Are you uh, kind of uh, multitasking, watching the coverage of Le while listening to Cruise Control Radio? I'm actually driving one of the cars, um, and I'm Bluetoothed in. (laughs) Very good. I'm glad you're not uh, holding your phone and driving at Le Mans. (laughs) Well, you know, they said it was illegal. I always get freaked out when I see them. It's fogged in, and they're driving in the middle of the night. You're tired. It's fogged in. Everyone around you is tired. What could go wrong, right? (laughs) Hardly anything, although they do tend to bring the average speeds down to, you know, like the low to mid 100s. Yeah, it's just when I see fog and you come around a turn or come over a a rise, it it could be bad, right? Oh, well, it certainly has been in the past. Hmm. Um, When I I watched the start of the race this morning, uh, Aston Martin was leading. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what's happening at the moment. Of course, that's nice they're leading, but there's 24 hours to go. <laughs> you do have 24. Well, it's, now it's only 22 and a half hours. Yeah. Um, oh, I actually, at the beginning, I was watching uh, because they flashed to the Aston Martin uh, pit. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had a spare driver there with a helmet on. Wow. Uh, because figuring, I don't know why, maybe he's just in radio contact. And, uh, there was this woman there who clearly was, had a clipboard and was stuff. And she just looked as bored as any human being could possibly look. Check back with her in about 16 hours. (laughs) And I thought, what are you going to do for 24 hours? Yeah. Yeah, I would be a little excited. Uh, it's the start of the race, and things will go downhill from there. Yeah. Uh, so I have a feeling the uh, some of the management at uh, Aston Martin saw that also. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, we've got a great study for you, and we're going to dig into it. It's uh, The name of the study is the Bank of America Merrill Lynch Annual Car War Study. For the U.S. product pipeline. Hmm. Well, that's enough. We We've call run it out of Star time for the rest Wars, of the story. Not Car Wars. <laughs> Star Wars. Car Wars. That's, that's Bill Murray, right? Isn't that? Uh, wasn't he the uh, singer in the lounge singing something like that? Exactly. <laughs> so uh, let's take a look at some of the uh, highlights, shall we? Uh, so automakers plan to launch less. 246 new or significantly updated models in the 2020 to 2023 model years. This is for U.S. only. That's that's huge. Usually, uh, you know, historically they've launched uh, collectively in the in uh, you know 40 to 45 new vehicles. Well, the average is going to be about 62. Per year, half again the average number of new or major updated models introduced in the 20, uh, 2004 to 2019 model years. 70% of automakers' <laughs> uh, planned products through 2023 are crossovers, SUVs, and light trucks, compared to 24% in the small, mid-sized, large car segments. I... I'm not going to comment on that. Now, the study is suggesting that 
the heavy emphasis of these crossovers will pressure profitability. And slow-selling new vehicle sales will further pressure profitability for automakers chase, chasing market share. Remember, the number of cars sold has gone down, hasn't it? It has, and when when you're uh, when all the manufacturers are putting all or seventy percent of their eggs in the same basket, mm -hmm. and that's what people are buying because that's what what people want, then what happens, as this says, is that they're all fighting for the sale, and they're willing to deal, 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 and their profitability is as going to go probably as bad as it used to on entry-level cars. And nothing can be worse. If you've built this vehicle, you've committed five years of your life to designing it, it comes out, and immediately they're putting cash on the hood to, uh, you know, get to move some of them, you know? It's sort of it's sort of like, That's you right. know, making a movie and no one goes to see it, right? Exactly. Mm. Other interesting uh, points here. Japanese automakers continued their commitment to passenger cars, but now are also shifting to a heavier crossover mix. Uh, those include Honda and Toyota uh, are planning larger moves into the crossover mix compared to Nissan. But we're going to have more of this Car Wars Bank of America Merrill Lynch study when we come back on Cruise Control Radio. Les Jackson, it's crossovers, crossovers, crossovers. They call me the crossover kid. Yeah, we'll be right back with more Cruise Control after this. Control. All right, welcome back to Cruise Control Radio. Fred Staub, Les Jackson, the Cruise Control Van, and Assorted Parts. <laughs> uh, falling falling at a predictable rate behind us. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Can you identify this part, especially if it's sticking out of your windshield? Well, we are talking about the Bank of America Merrill Lynch Annual Car Wars Study. A lot of interesting points here. We're talking about the glut of crossovers and more on the way. Uh, they also point out in the study, Hyundai Kia's replacement rate for vehicles for the next five years is above industry average, especially in 2020 and 2021, but remains weighted heavily towards passenger cars. Some Yay. say, though, that's why their sales are down a bit. Yeah, but you know what? I, I, I think they're on the right path. I think if they hold on, this mm -hmm. whole crossover thing is going to lose the luster. And uh, introductions of alternative powertrain vehicles, including hybrids and battery elec electrics, will remain limited due largely to continued prohibitive development costs, keeping pricing for those vehicles elevated above the traditional powertrains. Well, as we know, that's why uh, companies like Volkswagen and Ford are chatting, right? Exactly. Yeah, so uh, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Interesting study here, though, don't you think? It is an interesting study, and uh, I, it, it, I, I think when total sales are going down uh, and you increase the number of new models coming out, I think that's a recipe for disaster. Hmm. Now, remember, most people it used to be, what, a five-year product cycle right. before a refresh? That the world moves at a faster pace. 
and uh, and and you know I think people will move on. The loyalty is not there to models; they'll just move on and and find something else. And you know, this week uh, Mercedes announced their small crossover, the GLB, and small crossovers seem to be what people are are excited about these days. It's the first seven-seater compact crossover that will arrive in U.S. dealerships late in 2019. Um, they chose Salt Lake City to reveal it. It's a, a, it's a small crossover for sure. They call it, G, GM, oh, GM, <laughs> Mercedes calls it a small G-Wagon. It's got the ruggedness of the G, but some of the elegance of the GLS. It's going to uh, compete with things like the BMW X1, the Range Rover Discovery Sport, and the Tiguan. It does remind me a lot of a Tiguan, just looking at it, doesn't it? It's, yeah, it's uh, it's quite, well, I won't say, well, yes, I will, Tiguan-ish. <laughs> it's got a two-liter, four-cylinder M260 engine, not that 400-horsepower one, but you know that might be fitted at, at some point. But this one develops 221 horsepower. And it's going to be offered in an all-wheel drive variant that will include an off-road package. And you, looking at the interior, it's uh, it's definitely pretty luxurious. It does look a bit uh, stubby on the side, doesn't it? It does. Uh, it, it yeah, it almost looks like it should be a little longer. Yeah, but um, it does have a third row. Once that third row is up, there's not much room behind it. Uh, how control. do you, yeah, how do you get, well, well, I, how do you get all the passengers in these things? Looks kind of tight, doesn't it? It looks real tight. Yeah. So um, that is the only engine, as I said, the gas engine, uh, four cylinder, 221. And uh, that's about all we know about it now. We've got a lot of pictures of it, but uh we will keep you informed on uh, Cruise Control Radio and, and get a drive on this deal uh, when it is available. So the GLB uh, wheelbase uh, is uh, 111 inches, 111.4. Believe it or not, hmm. my first car, my Nova, had the same wheelbase, 111 inches. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, but the, but the Nova didn't have a third row back seat. Well, I had added one. It was a hatchback. I uh, put a rumble seat yeah. in the back. I just, I don't <laughs> see how I could possibly get in that third row. You might be able to get in, but you they'd have to use the hearse tool to take you out. I, I mean, I, I, I think I'd have to be able to, you know, to bend my, my feet over my shoulders <laughs> to get in there. I mean, I, it just looks like it's impossible. Well, when we get in one, we will try fitting less into the third row seat of the GLB. <laughs> and and that's the last you'll ever hear from me. Yeah, you'll just you'll end up living there. But uh, moving on, uh, we were talking about that study and how you know developing these new technologies, electric cars, hybrids, uh, any new technology for that matter is going to be very expensive because uh, companies are going to have to bring out will be bringing out all of these new vehicles. And that means people are teaming up. Of course, we saw that FCA wanted to team up with Peugeot. Uh, so far, that hasn't taken because Nissan is, uh, you know, kind of uh, in the mix, and they don't, I think, want to do that just to simplify it. But meanwhile, Volkswagen and Ford have been doing deals, deals, deals 
and the talks are progressing well, uh, apparently, according to Bloomberg and some other sources. Um, while they, they have a strong presence in the U.S., uh, they, uh, they say that uh, the U.S. is still one of their weakest regions. This is Volkswagen. Um, and they're also facing a downturn in China. But then again, they are developing electric cars and focusing with laser-like accuracy on that. On that. Ford has not done that so much, have they? No, they promised they were. Mm-hmm. But they seem to have uh, kind of not, not well, slowed down, uh, not stalled, but mm-hmm. certainly slowed down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a lot of packs and development going on between Ford. Do you think it will ever result in a full merger? That would be a huge story, wouldn't it? I don't think so. I mean, Ford is still owned by their family, mostly. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, and every time they've joined up with another company, they've taken like a 30 or 40 percent share of it. Right. But left it as a division. So, you know, you had Jaguar and you, you had uh, Volvo and you and uh, Mazda even mm-hmm. at one time. Mm-hmm. But no, I don't see a full merger. Now, they are co-producing vans and pickup trucks. Uh, there's some talk about VW investing in Ford's uh, Argo AI company, which is their uh, self-driving car development uh, area. Um, how else could they tie up? Well, I mean, certainly, I think electrics are the big way because uh, they have that great platform Volkswagen does, and you could just put Ford bodies on top of that Volkswagen platform, couldn't you? Absolutely. And bingo, you're in the electric car manufacturing business, right? And a good one. And a good one. And a good one. So we will keep you up to date on this. Um, and, you know, you never know these days what could happen uh, with with this uh, type of arrangement. Now, we're going to see a lot more of these. Uh, it's hard for a company to go it alone these days. Uh, you cannot be bringing out uh, mo- new model after new model and developing uh, self-driving cars and developing electric cars. You just can't do it. And if you're siloed, to use a, <laughs> a, a overused corporate term, uh, and everyone's doing their own thing, uh, you know, why not share some of the development? We've seen this before with transmissions. We've seen it before to a limited extent with electric cars. We talked about uh, Toyota and Subaru teaming up um, on electric design. So, you know, it, it's 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 you're going to see this happen. Will they be full mergers? I don't know. That gets a little tricky. Uh, I think there'll be something other than full mergers, individual deals, agreements. You know, you you. I think we're both in the same camp. I don't think we'll see a Ford VW, but maybe we'll no. be wrong. We'll see. Well, you know, we have been wrong before, but I just Once. don't see that. I Once. think both I do companies... remember that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But both companies are just too strong in their own right. And there's a lot of history, a lot of pride in both of those names. So, Well, when we come back, we'll tell you about a, a design shakeup at Ford. And we're also going to tell you about Toyota adding new safety features, something you might want to think about if you're thinking about buying a Toyota. Also, Explorer recalls and cheap wobbles when we come back.
Control. Welcome back to Cruise Control. Les and Fred here. Well, we were talking about Ford and VW getting together in the last segment, but just on the Ford side, there's kind of a Shit. bad, bad day in Mudville. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, you know, we, it, we, you know, it's hardly any show that we can get through when we're not talking about a recall. That's true. That's true. And um, we have to tell you about if you have a Ford Explorer, you probably want to um, check this out, this next story. If you own a 2011 to 2017 Ford Explorer, and many people do, select models uh, that are exposed to frequent full rear suspension articulation may experience a fractured rear suspension toe leak. If this happens, steering control could be reduced and increase the risk of a crash. Yes. Now, let's just explain full rear suspension articulation. Okay. That means you're going hard into a turn, mm -hmm. and, you're on, and that inside wheel is describing an arc mm -hmm. way up into the, uh, into the inside of the fender well. That's extreme, and and not only is the is the arc itself extreme, but the loads on the suspension are at their limits. Side loads. Yeah. So if you have a fractured toe link, mm -hmm. and it breaks, you're in the worst of all situations to control. Would your wheel completely toe out or toe in? It could completely toe out. Right. So that would the mean the top of it would collapse inward, uh, possibly jamming up against the wheel well. It would be a tricky uh, handling issue. You'd look like those guys that do the towed-out wheels. Yeah. Unfortunately, though, you don't want that look. <laughs> so uh, this re <laughs> no. recall affects around 1.2 million vehicles in the U.S., approximately 28,000 in Canada, and, and one vehicle in Mexico. Wow. <laughs> Affected vehicles were built in Ford Chicago assembly plant from May 17, 2010 to January 25, 2017. That is a big swath to fix that. Well, that's yeah, that's 1.2 million. That's you have to figure that piece uh, has got to cost Ford, you know, 20 bucks at yeah. least. Yep, they're going to replace it uh, on the right and left sides with new forged toe links. And then align the rear suspension. Yeah, 1.2 million times. Mm. I hope they don't say, well, yours only needs the right-hand one. You know, I would hope that it's something you do on both sides automatically. I can't imagine that their lawyers would let them just do one side. Yeah, but uh, no reason to be cheap. Uh, so, anyway, that, that if you have one of those vehicles, it's a Ford Explorer from 2011 to 2017, uh, not all of them will have this, but some will have this. So uh, you may be getting a note from your uh, Ford dealer to come in and pay them a visit, right? Exactly. And there's also another recall at Ford, uh, the 2009 to 16 Econoline vans equipped with the 5R110W transmission. Mm -hmm. And um, they contain a capacitive discharge weld uh, 
within a clutch component in the transmission, and it may fatigue and fail. Okay. Anything that fails inside of a transmission is not a good thing. Not a good thing at all. No. No. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Now, over at FCA, uh, they are being sued uh, by uh, a number of people uh, for a Jeep Wrangler steering issue. Uh, the lawsuit was filed this past Wednesday on behalf of Claire Reynolds, who is a New Jersey resident, who alleges defectively designed and, and or manufactured front axle and damping system causes the steering wheel to shake violently at highway speeds or when encountering road variations. This is called death wobble. If you ever seen it, the guys that have the gasser-style cars where they have the front end way up and have a straight axle in the front. Right. Right. All of a sudden, the front wheels start going crazy, like shaking. That's what they're talking about. Uh, a spokesman for FCA said there were no known fatalities or injuries associated with this uh, phenomenon. They said the reports of steering wheel vibration have been linked to poorly installed or maintained aftermarket equipment, damaged or worrying steering components, and incorrect tire pressure. So this is, this is kind of a developing issue here. We'll have to see where it goes. Um, and uh, FCA, I believe, said they had not received the lawsuit yet, so they couldn't comment on it. Very, very interesting. I did notice the Jeep Rubicon I drove that last week um, had a very disturbing to me uh, steering issue traveling straight down the road and hitting, uh, you know, minor, what I would call minor bumps. Mm -hmm. uh, not the death wobble but but certainly an instability yeah interesting interesting over at ford uh there have been some team-ups uh, you know with different companies but at ford they're losing their head of design david woodhouse i actually just spoke to him a couple of months ago at the uh, new york auto show he's done some incredible things at lincoln with interiors on the navigator and aviator incredible incredible looking cars um, but he is leaving to become the head of design at Nissan Design America in San Diego, effective July 1st. He will lead uh, the Nissan and Infinity design activities in North America and report to Nissan's global design chief, Alfonso Albazia. Uh, he will also be on the global Nissan Design Management Committee. Wow. Wow. So that's a big that's a big move. Very nice guy. Speaks in wonderful designer speak. Uh really into the details. So I wish him luck and look forward to interviewing him over at uh, Nissan. You know, it's interesting as a design when a design person comes in, um a lot of those things are already set. But you, you're going to be out there talking about them, you know, the new future product, right? That's right, yeah. So it's kind of a weird situation, isn't it? It is, because you may not particularly like the future product design. And they may be very, very well along in the uh, de design process, and you can't just change them. I mean, it'd be very expensive to do that. That's happened before, but you just don't want to do that because it costs a lot of money. That's right. It happened with the original split window Corvette. And that lasted for a year and it was a big That's fight. Right. 
big fight. And unfortunately for some, they decided, yeah, I don't like the split window and sawed out that centerpiece and put a, a new window in. God, they, they wish they hadn't done that, don't they? Boy, they sure do. Because um, <laughs> that's, well, that's why this split window is so valuable. Yeah. Hey, uh, let's talk a little bit of safety uh, right now. Toyota announced this week they're going to phase in two safety features on the 2020 model year lineup. Uh, they will upgrade uh, a 17-year-old system that issues a two-step alert to request the driver turn off a long idling engine to one that provides for automatic engine shutoff at predetermined interval of time with an enhanced audible and visual warning on its smart key system. Uh, and then automatic park. I want to talk about this one. The second upgrade, which Toyota calls automatic park, will shift the vehicle into park or apply the electronic emergency brake in vehicles so equipped in the event the driver exits without shifting the automatic transmission into park. Now, a spokesman said that's activated when the side door is open and the driver's seatbelt is unbuckled. Uh, and they were going to phase this in with the 2020 model year. Have you encountered this in I have. press I cars? Have in, you're backing yes. up, and all of a sudden it slams on the brakes. And you're like, what happened? Yeah, because I'll leave the door open and the seatbelt unlocked, and all of a sudden it stops itself. In fact, the uh, a lot of FCA vehicles do. Mm -hmm. yep. But I've noticed in a lot of different brands, and I find it very annoying because I'm just trying to ferry the car around. Yes. I don't know if it's defeatable or not, and I'm going to say probably not. But it is, probably not. It is annoying, and it's like, your door is open. Yes, but I'm going yeah. two miles an hour. And I'm backing into the um, backing into a spot, or sometimes if I'm pulling into a, a a parking spot, I'll open it slightly to see where the line is. You know? Yeah, me too. And then it stops, and then you have to put it back in park, and then back into reverse. Right. After you've closed the door. Yeah. It's kind of annoying. Yeah. Not a big fan of that, but. No. You know, you don't want to just walk out of your car and leave it in drive. Not that, that well, happened. because, you know, people have been killed. I guess so. Because people have gotten out of cars and... Walked away. And uh, walked away, or worse, gotten leaned out of cars, fallen out, and the cars run over them. Hey, when we come back, we're going to have an At The Wheel and a whole lot more on Cruise Control. Control. Welcome back to Cruise Control. Lesson Fred here. Gee, Fred, did I tell you I bought a Lamborghini? Really? They're going yeah. for less money these days. Well, it was only six bucks. Sounds like the deal of the century. What's the VIN code? Uh, well, that's the problem. <laughs> uh, because because <laughs> it's a Hot Wheels. And, uh, well, the VIN code is so small I can't read it. Although... Hot Wheels is coming out with something called Hot Wheels ID. It has an NFC chip uh, that acts like a digital VIN code recording the lifetime scorecard of lap speed, top scale speed, challenges won, and distance traveled. And you can kind of use this as an app uh, to check your car against other people's car. And it's a way of Hot Wheels getting... Uh, 
uh, the phone-based generation to play with Hot Wheels. What do you think about that? That's pretty smart on yeah. their part, frankly. Uh, now, they are, all these speeds and uh, finishes are tracked on an app, uh, on an ID app, but the only problem with this is the cars are about six bucks, six, seven bucks, um, and you know, okay, that's not too much of a uh, upcharge from what they're normally now. What are they, two or three bucks? But the smart track is $179, and it uses a race portal, uh, $39. That's equipped with an NFC reader and two IR sensors, which recognize each vehicle's unique digital signature and calculate its scale speed. The track comes with two unique vehicles and 16 interlocking track sections that link digital data via USB connectors. Hmm. You know, I like this whole idea, but it seems to me if if everybody's going to that much effort, why don't they just bring back slot cars? Uh, there is a move to bring them back, but yeah, of course there has to be an app, right? Oh, of course, of course. Mm. They have the C7 Corvette race car, the SRT Viper, and Aston Martin, and uh, <laughs> some cool named cars like Howlin' Heat, Motosaurus, Shark Hammer, and Arachnorod. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, of course, uh, the cruise. they have a cruise control van Hot Wheel. But that has broken glass and sharp edges. Yeah, and it's uh, it's known as slowpoke. <laughs> three wheel, all three wheel. <laughs> That's right. Hey, how about an at the wheel review? I had a fun one. Um, this is the 2019 Kona Ultimate All Wheel Drive, small crossover, um, and uh, this, of course, according to the sticker on the side, was voted North American Crossover of the Year. It was emblazoned on the side of the vehicle. Um, uh, this Hyundai vehicle, of course, comes with all their, their great coverages. The five-year, 60,000-mile new vehicle warranty, 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty, seven-year unlimited-mile uh, anti-perforation warranty, and five-year unlimited-mile roadside assistance. Um, ours, of course, was all-wheel drive, and it was the ultimate, so it, it had everything in it. I mean, this... This takes a page out of classic Hyundai Kia uh, building where just literally about everything I can think of was in this vehicle. Probably the only thing that wasn't there was a heated steering wheel, but everything else was there. Um, you know, you had parking distance warning reverse, front and front side curtain airbags with rollover sensors, tire pressure monitoring, and, it, and the list goes on and on. A power tilt and slide sunroof, roof side rails, high beam assist, rain-sensing windshield wipers. That used to be something hmm. that only came in high-end vehicles, right? Yeah. Eight, I, I'm really glad to see this. Eight-way power driver's seat plus uh, with power lumbar heated front seats. Um, it had, of course, leather seating surfaces, steering wheels, shift knob. Uh, you know, a 315-watt Infinity Radio, Android Auto, Apple CarPlay, uh, eight-screen touchscreen navigation, uh, Blue Link uh, services for three years standard. Um, even comes with a full tank of fuel, Les Jackson. Hmm. Blind spot Boy. and rear cross-traffic collision warning. Forward collision avoidance assistant with pedestrian detection. 
lane keeping. You got you name it. It's it has everything in here except a um, heated steering wheel, which would have been nice, but they don't have it. My, ours was in um, well, lime twist, lime green. Ooh, ooh, that's a little more noticeable than I like. <laughs> yeah, uh, the the leather was black and it had lime piping uh, around it and also lime trim on the dashboard. That's way too much of a good thing. Uh, the thing I like about this is the interior design was great. This is not an expensive vehicle, right? It's not inexpensive, but it's not, you know, forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000. But all the graphics on the inside were great. The controls were great. They all felt good. The, the screen was easy to see and was up high where you could see it, sort of the tablet style. The buttons are big. You can find them pretty easily when you're driving. This had a uh, lockable all-wheel drive system, so you can hit lock, and it will lock into four-wheel drive. You don't all-wheel drive. You don't normally see that in vehicles of this price. Um, on the road, uh, gets good mileage. It's rated at 29 highway, um, 26 city, around 27. A um, couple of things I, I did not like about it. I felt the steering was light, and I've never been a fan of light steering. Um, you do have a sport mode, which which makes it feel a little bit better. But in the standard mode, I felt the steering was a little bit too light for me, and, it, and not a lot of feedback. I found the rear storage for a vehicle of its size should be a little bit bigger. For some reason, it's not that big. And the rear seat really does not fold flat at all. It's... Uh, you know, it's it's not a flat load floor, which is a little bit, um, you know, a little bit of a letdown. But all in all, good vehicle as far as room, build quality, fuel economy. Uh, let's talk about the price. Now, the only additional thing we had on this vehicle was the $125 carpeted floor mats. But it has everything, except the heated steering wheel, uh, standard. And uh, the, the suggested retail price was 28900 Those mats add $125. $980 inland handling and freight for a total price of $30,005. Uh, final assembly point is Olsen Korea, engines from Korea, transmission from Korea. Uh, 1% U.S. Canadian parts content. That's interesting. Hmm. Wow. Uh, although this doesn't add up, it's... 92% from Korea, 1% from Japan, and 1% from U.S. Canadian. So that's 94%. Where's the other 6% from? That's a good question. <laughs> um, oh, you know what? It's probably the paint. <laughs> the paint, the lime green paint. Um, this had a 1.6 liter turbocharged GDI four-cylinder engine. Very capable, 157 horsepower. 175 horsepower at uh, 550, uh, 5,500 RPM, 195 pound-feet of torque. Uh, another thing I'm never too crazy about is their seven-speed eco-shift dual-clutch transmission with drive mode select. One thing about this, Les, when backing up up a little bit of a hill and incline, it felt like it didn't want to go. felt like it like was not in gear all the way, and you had to press down on the accelerator to get it to go. I found their dual-clutch uh, transmission to be a little weird at times. I like the 1.6, but uh, it's better than the last car I had, 
with that in there, that uh, that dual clutch transmission, which I believe was a Kia uh, Soul uh, about a year or so ago, which was really clunky. I almost thought there was something wrong with it, uh, where you would, if you were turning and making a left-hand turn, you had no acceleration at all, and then boom, it came in, you know? So there you have it. That is the Kona Ultimate All-Wheel Drive for 2019. We appreciate you listening to Cruise Control Radio. Hope you've enjoyed our automotive journey this week. Don't forget to check us out at cruisecontrolradio.com where you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Time for me to say I'm Fred Stop, And I'm Les Jackson. We're going to see you down the road. Bye.